Um, so my name is Hannah Wallace and I currently work in the program team here at Wyoming. Um, I am, just for a quick description, I am a white woman in her early 30s. I have short wavy brown hair and I'm wearing uh, a black sleeveless top and black trousers. Um, I also wear a cochlear implant on my right ear. So yeah, I'm really delighted to be uh, chairing this talk today with Karani Baraka and who is calling in from Jakarta right now um, and to Bella Milroy who is here with us today. So this conversation is a chance to really think about ideas around crypt time um, in relation to today's themes. I've asked Bella and Oka to join us here today and to, to respond to this notion of what I've termed a normative time um, as a measurement that is artificial and potentially possible to change and asking um, what we can learn from crypt time um, as a, a sort of new way of understanding time that acknowledges uh, sort of live different lived realities. So we will have a reading from both Bella and Oka and then we'll have a short uh, five-minute breather, and then we'll come back for a bit of an in-conversation in time for some questions. So firstly, I'd like to invite Bella um, to share with us. So Bella Mulroy is an artist, writer, who lives in, home, in her hometown of Chesterfield in Derbyshire. She works responsibly through mediums of sculpture, drawing, photography, writing, and text. She makes work that, sorry, she makes work about making work and being disabled and not being able to make work and being disabled. So I'm going to pass over to Bella um, to get us started. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hannah. Can everyone hear me okay? Is that all right? Um, just for a short visual descriptor of me, I'm a white woman in my early 30s. Um, I've got like a white short sleeve top on and shorts and I'm in a powered wheelchair. Um, so good afternoon. <laughs> um, thank you, Hannah, for inviting me to be part of such an exciting event today. Um, I was just sharing with Hannah and a few others from the team about how lovely it is to be in Cambridgeshire today. I spent many a year of my childhood visiting Cambridge from Derbyshire, where I lived to visit family members. And I'm coming from the hilly peak district to the vast flat, flatness of where we are today was always a really inspiring place to be. So it's just lovely to be here. Um, and it's just really lovely to, to share the stage with Karani as well, um, whose work I'm a great admirer of. Crypt time is such an endless source of inspiration to me, both in the works of other disabled artists, um, thinkers and makers, um, but in my own practice as well. Um, it is both validation of being and an example of the abundant resource of knowledge and wisdom found within disabled communities. Um, it is, to name a few, just a couple of examples of how Cryptime can operate. It's the antidote to feeling like I'm always running behind, that I'm not doing enough, and the inspiration to build better models of collaboration that include more people in more ways. What I would like to read today is a piece of text which I wrote that was initially inspired by the fervent activity of the online disabled community and what it meant to encounter and engage with that space, particularly around the years 2017, 18, 19 and into 2020. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> um, I often think about that time as a really special period in discovering such far-flung community of disabled people for myself and for many others, it felt like a time where we were all finding each other and finding togetherness. This is not in any way to say that disabled people were completely void of community or knowledge sharing before this, but that the accessibility of online spaces enhanced such bonds in powerful ways. I personally know that this um, advanced my own understanding of my disabled identity in ways I never would have found otherwise. It, it truly did lead me to this wheelchair I sit in today. Um, uh, or at the very least, it would have taken me a lot longer to do so. Um, and I often look back at that time with real warmth and wonder at the lush busyness found in that space of far-reaching connection. 
What I find really interesting about the piece I'm sharing today is that whilst it explores such community binding as a central theme, it uses quick time as its core thread. Here, quick time is not just an alternate time zone or difference in the experience of time, but also as a facilitator of place or places, community and identity in its own right. I'm really interested in approaching this concept in this way, especially within the context of today's events, where the notion of place is of a particular interest and how finding a sense of place which better reflects your lived reality can be transformative. In recognising the validity of crypt time as way of being, as setting, as neighbourhood, it allows for us to understand disabled experiences and disabled existence in much broader ways, both with finer detail and with more nuance. It's titled Common Ground. <laughs> On Friday, I walked barefoot across dusty painted floors, standing straight and feeling my body pull down onto my soles. I breathe deeply for the first time in what feels like days, the ground unfamiliar beneath my cold, dry feet. Have I stood here before, like this? Where's my slipper? Saturday, I'm in socks, indulging myself further by wearing clothes I didn't sleep in. With a body functioning to degrees of washing, dressing, eating, I think little of the floor. Its solidity is a given, a support that I take with confidence that it is beneath my feet a podium upon which to talk and eat toast. Wednesday, the terms have changed and the ground has sunk. It's that shiver through the soles of your feet when you trip, transporting you atop cliff edges and slipping on oil slick wet stones. It's all so far away and I can't find my way back. Where am I now? Where are you? If the ground isn't where I left it, do I still have a body? On Sunday, I am looking, searching desperately for that heavy place, that flat mass which lifts me up and keeps me safe. Convinced that it still remains, I motion towards that step on the top of the stairs, only to find my legs bucking in thin air, a fall greater than a single step, it was just here. I was just here. Where'd it go? Tuesday is longing for calloused heels and worn out socks. Signs of friction between a body and the surface on which it stands. And yet I look around and see you've all found higher ground. On wheels and on sticks, with tubes and splints, heat pads and ice packs, rollators, grab rails, scooters and stims, with captions, care and cancelled plans, descriptors audio, visual, wider time and softer action, shared elastic wisdom and irrepressible rest. And I don't recognize you. It looks strange. It looks safe. If I could just. On Thursday, my feet never touch the ground, but I move with ease and with pace. I meet you in this other place that feels like home, where you understand the words in my mouth and these bodies that float. You show me how to do it like this, to do it at all. Monday, the ground shifts again, and I am awestruck by its power to move me, pull me, break me. I am fearful that there's no landing to this fall, that these countless tectonic shifts ask too much of my bones and of my heart, 
yet I see you all now, here with me, a smoother surface on which to rest. Satellites set in orbits of my tired souls. I am in love with the world in which I fell and falling, I have found a common ground for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bella, for that wonderful reading. Um, I'm sure that there'll be lots of people want to ask you, but now I'd just like to introduce um, Karani Baraka, who is an Indonesian writer and artist um, based in London, but currently in Jakarta, <laughs> whose work centers disability justice as anti-colonial practice and has presented widely internationally. Baraka is the new editor of Modern Poetry in Translation, her latest book is Ultimatum Orangutan, which is published by Nine Arches and has been shortlisted for the Barbellion Prize. Uh, so, Karani, if I um, pass over to you, please do get us started with your reading. Thank you so much, Hannah, and thank you so much, Bella, for such a gorgeous piece. I was writing down parts of it. I love the shared elastic wisdom and irrepressible rest, I think, will stay with me for a long time. So. Um, Yes, I'm in Jakarta right now. Uh, I'm on a bed, but in the spirit of from the ground up, I've got a virtual background of grasses behind me, as though I'm a little ant. Um, visual description, I'm an Indonesian woman in her late 30s with silver earrings and a batik um, black and white dress on. I'm going to read uh, a few poems from Ultimatum Orangutan, or in Indonesian, Ultimatum Orangutan. <laughs> uh, it's a bilingual title, um, uh, which deals with environmental justice from an anti-colonial perspective and shows how you can't decouple disability justice from environmental justice and how all of these histories live in us and through us. Um, Krypton, to me, is ancient. It is not new. It is associated with so many indigeneities. Uh, so my cultures are Minang and Javanese. And in Javanese culture, we actually have disabled gods. But such was the ableism that was uh, imposed violently by Western colonialism, by Dutch missionary hospitals and the like, that that culture of disabled people as being closer to the gods and being revered as holy um, and wise was stamped out horribly and terrifically and most Indonesians in um, Indonesia currently live without any social welfare or, or government um, aid which is quite terrifying um, and so when I think of Krypton I think of it as a component of many indigenous cultures and I'm constantly trying to reclaim my own and understanding that um, it took me until I was in my 20s to really understand that I came from a culture where there were disabled gods because it just, I saw them, I saw images of them, but it didn't click because the ableism was so entrenched. Um, and I think since becoming uh, physically disabled in, in my mid-20s, I've really come to embrace this ground. So this first poem is entitled, uh, it's part of a diptych, the first is called Natural History Museum. At Montesaurus, Colacanth, animatronic hypnotists stand vigil over lone paragraph, cocoon wrapped on indigenous peoples uncredited boon to European science. Dissected human women then throng display halls. Our feathered reptiles, mineral keychains, armadillo taxidermy, empress arachnids, espresso cues to purchase donation, Latin lingua franca of ancient skewed orders. Visitors to Kensington allowed to fly home upon quiet capture by gift shops and CCTV. The key to survival is L. The cause of extinction is G. Ghost orchid is wisdom, her presence skeletal. Rules all chances of escape in the living from spirit preservation and transparent jars. The second poem is uh, part two of the piece. It's called The Event. When I think about apocalypses and 
coming end days, I think about the fact that there have been so many apocalypses in the past that, you know, the decimation of indigenous peoples in North America and their claim to, as stewards of environment, of the nature around them, um, are past environmental apocalypses that continue. And what we are experiencing now is just the very end point of um, a boiling point that has lasted 500 years. Um, so these scholars, Heather Davis and um, Zoe Estad, who's an indigenous scholar, they say that Anthropocene, the definition of Anthropocene has to be from the beginning of European colonialism. And that's how myself and many other people of various indigeneities define it. And I find myself at odds so often with um, interpretations in the UK that are so um, Western biased and, and very sort of recent. And crypt time makes me think about all of these timescales and all of these chronotypes and all of these apocalypses and us as human beings also being recent creations in a, in a very long time scale um, that began with the Big Bang. So this is called the event. When Skystone fell into the earth, the smoke blackened all of celestial dome. Tree bark grew thick with scales of ash. The heat rose, water flew, boiling ether choked the beasts. And they collapsed into mass graves set in this lone blue marble, weighted in the depths as calcium. Kainozoic era began with the largest of endings, botany and fauna slain Punto, Zeus's grenades slung across the Cretaceous tertiary boundary, now Ukraine, now Mexico, now North Sea, now west of Mumbai, and the Deccan trap sparking ruby volcanoes rattling maniacally suffocating leaves. I sit in wonky wheelchair, museum provided, my friend vertical behind me. Tyrannosaurus Rex moves his silly twin forelimbs about before us. Electric strands moving his painted neck, head aloft like a chicken's. We missed them by too many millions of years. We rebuilt from hunch and stringed paths connecting phyla. Preferential choice to resurrect those with eyes, a menace in their paws, phylum chordata. My friend will buy me a tear-shaped stone in the shop, tinged just like Sugus orange-flavored candy, and we'll lie down, discuss vials for its human populace, apologize quietly to theropod dinos, descendants eaten with sweet potato fries. So I think of crypt times also as being plural and pluralistic, and there being as many different crypt times as there are indigeneities. And I think for a lot of solidarity movement making, that sense of rest is, as, as Bella said, you know, I'm in love with the world in which I fell. I think falling in love with the world in which we fell <laughs> in all our different ways and in all our different lives is, is, um, is a beautiful point of solidarity. So this one is entitled Rest Stop. Body reminds me to love thyself with a harpsichord of crowing nerves, and so the beats for rest, and so reminds alive, alive. And now with medicine, finally, body a kinder weather vein more often. Body is everything underneath and between the weather. The weather is what everything it withstands. And so not a droplet of hate for body since breaking began in it only when called for infernos of weather. Laughingly, I realize that this is what's meant by under the weather for me, by weathering. Pain, imprint of and on unique body mine, crackle stutters within. And so the beats for rest. And so, ma'am, what is productivity? Unit of self is not alive, alive. Dear body, one body, slight body, ephemeral mass. I hum not to weather, to rush of loss seeking, to able the sumption spoon fed to the mob. Time ticking markets of stock at the altar of rainforest use as pawns. This is not the song. To body goes humming, goes all the hum. This is uh, the last poem, Epitaph. Um, I also just want to say that orangutan is a compound word from Indonesian. Orang means person or people, and utan means forest. So every time you say orangutan, you're saying person or people of the forest. Epitaph. The Great Barrier Reef comes knelling to the reaper, and now Antarctica. Everything's a crumble. Come hither, says the angel at the gates, revealing not lustlessness. More on this later. 
A friend who only wanted to make the animals feel much better around him was buried today, and his son will remember. We'll be gone if the end days are soon, as we're in our thirties, someone says to me post-funeral. Thinking about the end is not the point of flowing arteries. A reaching out for a friend who leaves must turn some slights to bludgeons. And last year I witnessed a family saying it was fine for a baby to hit other children. Whole languages dying while I hypocritically write in one I refuse to speak with my mother. Come, come hither, says the angel at the gates. I'm of a sex that does not yet exist in the world of homo sapiens. I made God give me revelatory light between these legs. So when you arrive, you will know there is still the new. Thank you. Thank you so much, Oka. Um, shall we just take a few minutes before we dive into the questions, just to give you a bit of a screen break? Yes, that sounds good. Yeah, so we're just going to take a couple of minutes and then and then we'll come back. So, um, yeah, maybe at quarter past, we'll be talking then. Thanks, thank you. Um, I think uh, if we've got, I think Oka was there a second ago. Yeah, great. Hi. Um, so I just have a couple of questions that I wanted to bring to the both of you and then we can open it up to the audience if anyone has anything they wanted to ask. Um, so my first question to you both is, within the, the title of this session, I've tried to provide uh, crypt time in the context um, of according to Alison Case's description as, open quote, Rather than bend disabled bodies and minds to meet the clock, quick time bends the clock to meet the disabled bodies and minds, close quote. Could you talk a bit about how your own lived reality might relate to this and your current research context? I don't know if, uh, maybe Bella, if you want to go first and then, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm always really interested to kind of, um, uh, place crypt time in, in a more kind of defined uh, space like this and, and look at it because it is just my existence is, is that um, living with uh, chronic illness simply just does not align with um, a kind of standardised expectation of when my body can turn up and do things on a certain day. I mean, the fact that I'm here today, <laughs> there's a certain kind of a miraculous quality to it in that respect. Um, so it's always really interesting to kind of like, um, yeah, come to Crypt Time and kind of like step back from the kind of lividness of it and, and actually and, and take, a, take a kind of a look at what it, what it means and the diff, like um, Oka was saying, the kind of multiple, multiple different versions of that for so many different peoples. Um, it's, I think, uh, it's something that you, you can experience without knowing the terminology of it. Um, and I don't think it necessarily has to um, exist solely within a kind of delay. Um, more that I think what I was trying to explore in, in the text that I shared, this sense of kind of wider time, that it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, I think kind of uh, stepping away from it being um, purely a validation of, of, of me not feeling like I'm running behind or playing catch up all the time, but actually that the time does things in a different way. I often think um, whenever I'm talking about um, access, for example, which is, you know, inherently a, a mesh of, of crypt time in all sorts of ways, um, uh, access, it, it, you know, the, the, the things that I have um, been a part of, especially, especially in my career, um, that have needed uh, that wider time, <laughs> that uh, more conversation, that more uh, discourse around the how we, that we do it, um, and often the longer time in which that takes. There, there is only richness gained from, from that, and um, it is a benefit to everybody, not just me, who has the body that needs different things in that way. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's the, uh, a kind of uh, something that it's it's an it's a it's a kind of an, an eternal practice to try and kind of apply and remind. And I and I, I don't always remember that I'm running on it, and it takes other people sometimes to be like, "You're on Crypt Time, remember? Remember we're doing this on Crypt Time?" And then it's that kind of reset of like, "Oh yeah, okay, right. This is how we're doing it." And the this this function is is a function in itself, not a constant kind of dysfunction one catch up like that. I'd say that's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that description. I think um, I certainly can relate to having other people having to remind me, like, hey, you actually can't do that, <laughs> remember? Um, and it's still difficult. I think that when we think about crypt time, again, it's not it's not deleterious, but actually beneficial for the whole. I think of, of crypt time in relation to um, anti-capitalist ideals, which are part of disability justice, which is a term that was coined by queer crips of color, um, artist collective Sins Invalid in North America. But um, my understanding of disability justice, as mentioned, is something that is inherent to so many different indigeneities around the world. I think of, um, I think of words like goals and productivity, right, <laughs> in relation to um, non-crypt time or normative time or quote-unquote able time. And I think about these goals and, and actually how if you think of crypt time's goal as being personal and communal safety, then you can also see that the opposite of that is violence. <laughs> and um, I think uh, not a lot of people realize how deeply violent lack of access is and how deeply violent forcing people to adhere to one timeline and one pace. Um, in disability justice, we say we go at the pace of the slowest person. And um, I know myself and many, many colleagues have unfortunately experienced injuries um, and, and health, um, you know, uh, setbacks from <laughs> being forced out of crypt time and sometimes that forcing is internal like sometimes the ableism is so inherent even in in ourselves as disabled body minds that we think according to other schedules and we look at our google calendar and we think absolutely i can do this and that is something i i'm still struggling with with my therapist is like there's so much i want to do but i have to understand that in order to protect myself i have to do things at the pace where I am safe. And that is ultimately about communal safety as well, because if you think about it, all this rushing towards uh, capital accumulation and profit and keep making sure the line keeps going up disables people in a very real way. I mean, it is the mechanism by which rainforests belonging to indigenous peoples are destroyed and mercury poisoning enters rivers and creates disability and the speed by which weapons are manufactured in the UK and cause disabilities in places that have been bombed to the point where they don't have disability access support. So the sense of crypt time being revolutionary and um, a necessity for um, lots of all communities around the world to survive um, in the face of a lot of capitalist and colonial violence is something that I think about a lot. Amazing. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that you've sort of both mentioned is this sort of idea of, of, of safety and sort of the space that, to look after yourself within the sort of structures that you're living in. One of the things I wanted to ask about was, you know, what is the role of um, of rest within within your practice, within your sort of yeah, how you sort of live your life, and and I guess I, I feel like resting almost becomes a practice in itself. Um, I don't know if either of you want to speak to that a bit more. Are you happy to, unless Aka wants to say something first. Sorry, I couldn't hear what you just said. Would you mind repeating? Oh. Um, sure, I'll go first. Uh, I think that, yes, rest is another thing that um, I know myself and many other colleagues continue to have to try and work on. It's a practice, right? And you, you practice it. You, <laughs> you don't always remember to rest. You don't always, um, you, you aren't always afforded a place to rest. And lie down rooms are really important for me personally. Um, whenever I do an installation, I make sure that people can access it while lying down. So I try and make sure, well, pre-COVID, that there were bean bags or 
um, cushions or rugs or soft things, but post-COVID, after COVID began, um, soft furnishings are not really liked by galleries because they can be breeding grounds for viruses. So, so you have to think of alternatives to that. Um, I think that in terms of rest also, I think it's unfortunate that the more, one thing I've noticed actually is that the more that the concept of cryptness gains um, currency in the Anglophone sphere, the less people under, sometimes people can uni, can attach a uniform quality to crypt time. And people don't always understand that people's notions of rest differ from person to person. We're all so individual. And your idea of rest, like, okay, she's had enough rest, maybe not nearly enough rest for the person in question. And I think um, of rest as the, the, the state of being where you don't think about time, where time is expands to the point where all you're doing is breathing and taking care of yourself. Um, and it's interesting what time does in that space, what qualities it has. Yeah, and I think your uh, pit stop rest piece was so, it, you, that you captured the kind of, um, the, the beat of that so, so, so brilliantly and, and the kind of push and pull of rest being restorative and then also just fucking annoying as well. And, <laughs> um, yeah. I think as well, what's interesting, what you said there, Akka, about um, uh, rest being so different for everybody, I think as well, the idea of rest being this kind of, um, static prone states as well that like it's lie down time for me that is very much often the case and um, but for lots of people as well sometimes that that it absolutely is, is not accessible and but but restorative rest is still something that needs to be found so sometimes rest can be um quite active um and quite busy in an, a way that that facilitates that kind of restoration like that um i, I often think of again about rest in terms of just how uh, institutionalized rest is in the way in which, and, and again, into things of um, uh, rights of peoples we've been discussing today, of, um, you know, not, not long ago, we only had a Sunday and the idea of taking two, two days off a week was, you know, not that long ago, um, something that people had to fight for within this country alone. Um, and I know for myself, um, when I acquired my disability and um, that was like a really big thing to have to unlearn that kind of idea of, of how I existed within that structure of um, you know a, a Tuesday morning being where I was was you know having to kind of acquire a validation of that and uh, being exactly where I needed to be um, not where uh, away from everybody else, you know, and uh, that's, I think, a really interesting thing to think about, that we have this really rigid idea of it's Saturday and Sunday, and every, everything else is, and not, not a lot of people get Saturdays and Sundays, so, <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, I just had one more question, and then I'll see if anybody has any questions that they want to ask, but um, just thinking a bit more about um, ideas of um, how we might define um, ideas of the world and public as being separate to um, community. Um, and so the idea that public could include more people um, than can be identified um, and, and more spaces that can be mapped. So just thinking about then if that's what, you know, what thinking about the idea of world making and, um, you know, what can emerge from that, from the sort of daily living of um disabled people um, and how we might remap the world um, and what this would look like? Oh, I mean, um, I, 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 should I go first? Yeah, yeah. go first. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's something m myself and a lot of my disabled friends talk about is like, when are we going to build the fucking commune? When are we going to like, when is it, when is that going to happen? When are we going to arrive there and we'll all be together? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a regular point of conversation in terms of when we're talking, when we're sharing the inaccessible homes that we live in and the um, lack of access to um, adequate healthcare and um, care in general and the list goes on. Um, 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, part of why I was so interested to share the, the piece that I shared today was that, um, yeah, the, the, the idea of, of Krypton as place and a, facil uh, a facilitator of um, that connectivity that um, spans uh, physical um, presence in that way. Some of my closest, dearest friends are people that I have never physically shared spaces with. Um, uh, but that shared kind of uh, experience of, of, of illness and disability in that way and that knowledge and wisdom is um, something that crosses that and I think that world building has been a phenomenal part of my um, continued learning and, and learning about others and learning about how to survive myself in that way um, I yeah I sometimes think about the before time <laughs> and I'm like oh my god <laughs> and uh, it's a wonder to, to have access to that space you know and of which because you know it's not everybody does so um yeah I wonder what you think of that okay yeah so thinking about the before time um obviously it's wonderful that hybrid events like this exist for disabled people especially and of course drawing attention to the fact that we as disabled communities have been advocating for you know hybrid events and and online and streaming and all of this and we're met with fierce resistance in our places of work and our you know um communities uh by the state and then as soon as the pandemic hit able people in a matter of days we got what we had been asking for for decades and i think about um the disability activist alice wong uh says that disabled people are modern day oracles and i truly believe i mean we're adept at mutual aid we have built we are the mo i think we truly are not only are we the largest minority in the world i think we're the most um, consistently creative people in the world because we have to because we exist in a world that wasn't made for us so we're constantly having to be MacGyvering our way through life um, to various effect um, and I think that uh, that world making is you know it's it's very often in in my case at least clumsy <laughs> it's very often makeshift but and so is community making it can be you know it can be very difficult um i also think about you mentioned uh hannah the concept of map mapping and mapping out more and more people but i think of counter mapping as a as a verb because um so to, to draw a translation analogy so i edit a, a a magazine of poetry and translation and but as an indigenous as as a person associated with indigeneities i know and i understand and i fully support the right of people not to be translated because english is the language by which a lot of people's communities are able to be destroyed because of these corporations right and so i think of also communes and places that are not detectable i think of you know um safe spaces that fly under the radar of capitalist surveillance especially with all our technology taking down our blood pressure and everything else and our menstrual cycles etc um and and i think of uh refuges and marinage and places where we can be fugitive in our world making amazing um well i have loads more questions that i want to ask but i'm gonna um sort of open it up to the floor in case anybody has questions they want to ask <laughs> um, do we have a mic? Okay, great. Oh, that's good. Hi. Um, I just want to say thank you very much for sharing your writing. I found it really, really beautiful. Um, I, I guess like when you was talking about crip time, I started to think about how it reminded me of being in like a creative flow or, or sort of um, a different state of being or consciousness. And I, I sort of thought they're tools of art making or creativity, which I guess many of us might be familiar with. But I wonder in terms of crip time, what would be your top tips? That's a good question. Um, Aka, do you want to start? Um, I'd say number one is listen to your body. Listen to your body all the time. Check in with your body regularly. Ask it how it's doing. Um, lie down often. Uh, feel the ground. Um, and I think really uh, ask yourself in terms of 
what your goals are and what safety means to you and what art means to you and and who you're making art for and what validation means to you and where that comes from. Um, and I think a lot of crypt time is about self and community validation as opposed to what outsiders may validate as as like good art making, quote unquote, or or and um, I'm a big fan of process oriented art. And I think crypt time is about going back to process rather than outcome, not being so attached to outcome. Oh my God, totally. Yeah, I, I think um, process is a really fundamental part of my practice and, and an essential part of why crypt time becomes a, a kind of creative resource like that in itself. Um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree. I think there couldn't be more, I think. Um, and I have more to say, and now it's gone. Um, I think um, one of the things I often think about when I think about how much I love art and how much I love making art, um, I think it's the most amazing and precious thing in the world. And then also doesn't really matter um, in, in the same way, um, in the same way of, uh, and I, I, it's a, a kind of an approach that I um, uh, take with lots of, um, aspects of living with with illness in that way uh, and quick time I think in terms of like a tip for that is is very much um when I, I when I find myself kind of hurting myself in the process of of uh, a production of something and then it's kind of like doesn't doesn't really matter that much like I, I matter I matter in in that way and that doesn't when I say it doesn't really matter, there is meaning and, and uh, greatness found in all of that. They, they exist in the same time. And I think crypt time is a good way of exploring that kind of duality of not mattering, but mattering a lot as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think there were a couple more. I think there was one over here and maybe a couple at the back. <laughs> uh, well, it was absolutely fascinating listening to you because uh, I didn't know much about the phrase crypt time, but uh, one of our, you, you touched on it, looking at the pandemic, I'm sure you did, did you find it amusing looking at wider society crippled by the pandemic and what reactions did you have to it? Were you even given any time to have, I mean, how, what was your take on that? Um, I don't mind, yeah. Oh, could you want to go first? Um, you can go first if you'd like. Um, I, uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I mean, um, as, uh, I, as we, I was shielding, um, my increase in um, commissioned work went really massively increased. Um, and sometimes I find myself really kind of being a bit shy about talking about that because uh, this is another thing I often talk about is just like, I never have any, a lot of artists feel really uh, a bit cringe when they refer to themselves as artists. I don't have a problem with that, but I do have a cringe when I say my career like that. I go, oh, my career. Um, <laughs> It uh, really was in, in you know pandemic um, facilitated a well, pandemic facilitated ugh. Yeah. Um, uh, that period of time um, I, my 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 kind of uh, commissioned work increased uh, substantially um, and um, I it also meant that I wasn't very uh, able to look after myself very well um, and uh, yeah it, it, it was um, I think uh, I was more caught. Uh, it was not a very good example of crypt time being applied to myself. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that I, I really had to do a lot of work to un unpick a lot of those um, un unsafe practices of, of working, really. Um, so I'd say that in terms of like my day to dayness, it was more that. And then um, uh, I'd say similar to Oka, just kind of, you know, one of the many horrors of that uh, of, that continues, and yeah, one of which being the despair of, of access granted overnight and um and that being retreated in, in lots of spaces now um yeah a mixed bag of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah to say the least <laughs> okay do you have anything you want to add uh well i like many 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 people um lost uh loved ones in the pandemic and i i think that being away from 
home because I was in the UK and I couldn't go back to Indonesia for a really long time. Um, I think that was really difficult. And it also, um, I think, strained relationships within communities that I had trusted, I think, because people's people were really being stressed out by so many different factors and you had all these violences on top of violences. Um, a lot of migrants in the UK, including myself, don't have any access to public funds at all, no disability funds. And I saw um, the exacerbation of, of what we were suffering and experiencing in that pandemic. And it is still continuing. Like the UK has a lot of cases of COVID right now. And it's, um, I was talking to, to someone just today and saying like, it was, for me, it was more like, just realizing the extent to which people in the UK could block out crip time and could say, we're not in the pandemic is over. I don't need to wear a mask, you know, like disabled people don't and have never mattered, you know, just to see that amplified to the nth degree. So I was not amused as much as like increasingly horrified. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I still am. Um, yeah. I should the word I use that word abuse quite ironically. I think it's what you really, the conversation really made me think. Sorry, the, your conversation was so fascinating because examining how we as a wider society have reacted and I think we're now I totally agree with Oka we're now it's over, it's done. Mm -hmm. People are forgetting. It's and it's just all that talk of no going back to normal. We had, a, we had the opportunity and we did have some fantastic conversations during the peak. Yeah. And yet somehow we're being coerced back into the same old ways of being. At least that's my experience. I don't, that's why I was interested to know your thoughts. Of course, yeah. Thanks for the question. Uh, another question at the back. Uh, thanks very much. It's just a, uh, a comment I'm passing on from Joanna Holland, a really amazing artist who's in residence at Wising and who's tuning in over the Twitch stream. And Joanna says, um, beautiful words from both speakers, and I couldn't agree more. Irrepressible rest completely resonates with me. And I love Crypt Times plural, multiple and expansive and full of possibility. That's from Joanna. Uh, thank you, Joanna. Thank you, Joanna. Um, do we have any more questions? Maybe just one more question. Oh, we don't have any more time. Okay. Um, um, thank you so much, Bella and Oka, for joining and for sharing your readings and your time. Um, I think uh, feel free to uh, head off, Oka. Um, I'm going to read some stuff about lunch now. So, <laughs> um, but uh, it's really great to have you here with us today online. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bella. Thanks, Hannah. Um, so, 